My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. This is a Sunday special edition. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been going hard, putting out an extra amount of episodes. We plan on doing that till the end of the year. Just putting out as much content as I possibly can and bringing the heat, bringing the knowledge, bringing the information. This episode is a conversation with someone who I've known for many years, way before I ever even listened to a podcast. As a matter of fact, this is a woman named Laura Lenhard. I had her on my podcast a couple months ago, actually, and this episode kind of just sat in my computer, and for whatever reason, I didn't publish it until now, and here it is. Conversation with, not only is she a psychic, not only is she a mother, not only is she a free thinker and a patriot, she's a kind soul who has opened up my chakras. Uh, I remember the first time I met her, I paid her for a chakra cleansing uh, session, and she's divined many things and helped me understand my life better through the tarot cards and through her own gifts as a, well, as a psychic. So... Please, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Laura Lenhard, owner of Talisman and Cauldron in Derby, Connecticut. If you live in Derby or you live in Connecticut and you're not far from Derby, go give her a visit at uh, Talisman and Cauldron. It's a great little shop. They sell crystals. They sell little potion kits. They give readings, obviously, candles, books, card decks, you name it. They have it. If you like the show and you're in proximity, I definitely encourage you to meet this woman. She would love to hear that you heard her on the podcast. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with your host, Mark Palmer, getting a psychic reading and having a wonderful conversation with my friend, Laura Lenhart. get 
Staying dry in the rain Everybody sometimes Everybody sometimes Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I'm here with a very, very, very special person. I've known her for many years, way before I was ever on a podcast. I think maybe even before I listened to podcasts, I had walked into your shop up there when you were still in uh, Monroe there or or close to Monroe. It's absolutely. Yeah. So I've known you for very long. It's really an honor and a privilege to have you here on my show. Laura, can I use your whole name? I'm not sure. Laura, you absolutely can. Laura Lenhard from Talisman and Cauldron. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm I'm well, and thank you for that introduction. And it's a, a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to be here. Watching your growth, your evolution, both as a as a a young man growing into a, an older young man. <laughs> you were a teenager, I think, when I met you. And and watching Revolution spiritually as well as, my goodness, your interest in the government, your interest in the world around us. It's, it's been a wonderful journey. And, and watching so many people evolve in that way, it's, it's been a, a huge pleasure, a, a huge, just exciting, wonderful aspect of my life. Yeah. And, and, and to, to give a little backstory, I walked into your shop, you know, really a looking for crystals, but being an overall seeker in general. And when we met, I knew I said, you know, I got to get some sort of reading here. And I think I even had that in mind ahead of time. But yeah, I mean, it must have been the first time we met that I got a tarot card reading from you. And yeah, I just never forgot that. And all of our interactions, it was more than just like, oh, I'm walking into a shop and, and she owns the shop. It was like, here's a person who understands this world that's also new to me. And not only does she understand it very well, she's really, I mean, you you guided me really in a in a large way where most people might not have found that sort of guidance at that age. I did. And I, I Really want to thank you for that. So you grabbed your cards. Maybe we can get into it a little bit and give people a taste of what exactly it is you do. <laughs> we sure can. But you know what? I'm going to let my bird out of its cage. It's going to scream like that the entire time of this podcast. <laughs> I got to give that one more second. It's so much fun. Thank you, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's the first time I've heard Orlando or any bird on my podcast. Very cool. <laughs> well, he's a cockatoo and he's allowed and he is uh, difficult to navigate around sometimes. Well, it's a pleasant squawk he has. I should. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on over. Hello. Okay. He's going to go see my son. So I, you know, was reflecting earlier, and, and it's funny, you, you brought up the idea of being new in the shop. I, I, I do these $5, 10-minute readings, and I do them so that students and young people and people on fixed incomes and, and anyone who just wants a quick reading can get one. I don't think that things like intuitive readings and energy healings and other aspects of, of the metaphysical should, should be only for a select group of people should only belong to people with a certain income or, you know, if people want more time, want private time, they can, they can pay for that. But I think anyone should be able to sit and have a reading. Anyone should be able to have a Reiki experience. And I've worked hard to have, even with acupuncture, I've had acupuncturists come in to do resets and, and again, 10, $15 that, that anyone can afford. I remember we, the day that a Vietnam veteran had come in, and it was a severe PTSD, and that acupuncture treatment released, you know, decades of pain. And and you know, he wouldn't be able to come in if it was if it was priced out of his of his price range. So I, I think when we talk about being spiritual, and not to get on a soapbox here, but I really think that we have to um, consider that it has to be for everybody. 
I mean, it can't just belong to to a few people and then have some sort of weird cliche. And so I, I hate people talk being spiritual, but they don't discuss or, or they don't teach or they until you give them a lot of money. And and so I'm grateful to TikTok and Instagram. I'm grateful to podcasts and educational forums that let people get educated. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of people out there doing, you know, what you know, introduction readings and then trying to extort, I call it spiritual extortion. There's none of that that goes on in my shop, but, but people are waiting for a hook for some sort of a, oh, what's the next? And 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 that speaks to the world we live in, that people are, are suspicious that they're that they don't know they can trust you, that you're not gonna give them the whole you're cursed, you're hexed, I need to do a bath, I've got to do a candle. And these poor people fall for it. I did a newsletter, I'm sure you read it a couple months ago. Just I, I, I get enraged. And it happens all the time, over and over again. You know, and people are into it for thousands of dollars because they're terrified. But anyways, all of that aside, and then that's my own. I, I don't tell anybody what they should charge. And I don't tell anybody what they should do. People want it, you know. I just have a real issue with this whole spiritual community. What was extorting money from people, basically? So. Yeah. And playing anyway. off of that fear vibration, I think, should be uh, the indicator for most spiritual seekers that something's not right. I, I think that that's a message we send on this show. Many times I always say when I'm doing my research, I ask myself, is this giving me a feeling of disempowerment or empowerment, right? If I take a stance in this way, would that leave me feeling disempowered or empowered? And I think that's a, a judgment you should make when uh, you deal with Anybody, especially someone who claims to have, you know, a, an ability. Insider to, information, yeah, insider yeah. information of any sort. You're right about that, Mark. And so you're right. A lot of the, the quote unquote, I don't like conspiracy theorists, but because I don't like to think because I always say this is my favorite quote. You know, Noah was a conspiracy theorist. Then it started to rain, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I think having an open mind doing the research, looking at what's really not being reported, not what's being reported. Well, now what did they leave off? What are they not saying? Mm. And, and that's what a thinking person does at the end of the day. One thing with readings, and I, and I said this in my newsletter, and I say this as much as possible, a great indicator of whether or not it's genuine is will they let you record? Mm. Okay. If they say that you can't record there are a few people who think that interferes with the readings, the, you know, the idea of electrical device being on, but that, that there's not many. Mm. Usually if they say you can't record, I know Claudette, I send people to other readers out of my shop all the time that I know are legitimate, that I know are, are on the level. There's one reader in Middlebury, Claudette. I mean, she'll give you a shit. That part of your charge is she gives you a tape to take with you. Mm. She tapes the reading for you. But that's a big thing. If, they, if there's like a, oh, no, I, I don't allow that. You know, yeah, you need to you can probably look elsewhere. Maybe it's time to end the reading and leave. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great piece of advice from an expert like yourself. I appreciate that. And here we are recording a reading. So we, we know Laura's legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so what are we doing here? What am I looking at? What am I, what am I thinking about? Or what are you thinking about? Oh, because <laughs> it's. What a charged question. Hmm. What am I thinking about? A lot. I mean, we definitely touched on some of the things when we last spoke. I'll I will say there's been a lot of really updates in that area. My my romantic life has been getting a lot better. So yeah, maybe we can talk touch on that. But a big emphasis and maybe more importantly, so is what's going on with my career. You're very correct with some of the things you made me aware of when we last spoke. And, and yeah, things have escalating for me in my career, whether that's what I do for the other podcasts I work for and even my podcast itself. It's been uh, top 60 of all philosophy podcasts on iTunes. And, that is we're so exciting. The, and we're in the I top 5% of all podcasts in the world. So that's, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So things are going real, real well. But yeah, I mean, I obviously, you know me, I'm always very interested in what's going on in the relationships in my life that maybe the things that I'm not noticing. So, 
Remind me again what astrological sign you are, Mark. A Libra. Oh, now we can talk about astrology and that Libra. Libra rules the house of marriage and partnership. That's the seventh house of the of the uh, zodiac. Very and, and much. There's very, very few Libras that are not that are, are unha- that are happy uncoupled or unpartnered. And it's a sign that rules the idea of partnership, including partnerships at work. They need to be they need to be comfortable. You know, Libra Libra does, does not like fighting. They don't like confront. Very few Libras like confrontation. Right. They really would like us all to get along. They enjoy debate. They are an air sign. They enjoy intellectualizing and, and the back and forth. But the minute it gets rude or mean-spirited or ugly, they usually, they'll excuse themselves normally. They, they don't like to go there. And they like watching other people go there. Well, so I will say I, as a, a Libra, yes, that all resonates with me. I'm also a Capricorn moon and a Pisces rising. A lot of my houses are in have Scorpio energy. I don't know if I said that phrase that correctly, but yeah, there's a lot yeah. of Scorpio energy in my chart as well. So, Scorpio energy would, would make you interested in the occult things that are hidden, death, sex, the, the bigger things of life. That's the eighth house stuff. But many astrologers believe that your moon is as important, if not more important than your sun. And a Capricorn moon needs to climb and mark. That would speak to the success you're enjoying right now. Once you find your way, most Capricorns, they want to climb that mountain. They, how do you get to be number one? And, and, and not just the quick route. You know, that, that's a Gemini thing. I have to tell you, you know, how can I get there fast and, and through, through social media? Or, but, but a Capricorn wants to climb it slow and steady because they don't want to go back down that mountain. Right. You know, they choose their path carefully and they want to be an expert in their field normally. They want to be looked up to and respected. That's really important. They want the hard work and respect to pay off in tandem, not to be an overnight success. Um, and I say that about Gemini, not to be mean to Gemini, but Geminis usually have four or five things going at once. Mm. Where Capricorn will pick one or two. So let's say, you know, the idea of, of speaking intelligently, but then having the media background, you know, knowing how to work the media, how to work the equipment, how to, how to make, make the most of that. And, and those two things in tandem. So uh, that's really interesting. And Pisces rising, rising is what people help people see you, how you are seen. And, you know, Jesus was a Pisces. It, it, just the idea of be, being um, accessible, wanting to be helpful. The idea of really wanting to help people, save people, literally. And I think for a lot of people, the, the idea of conspiracy theorists, I mean, is really mean spirit in itself. It's taken on an ugly, ugly sort of crazy uh, tin hat, tinfoil hat wearing connotation. That I don't, I don't appreciate. I'm looking at your, at your t-shirt. I'm cracking up. Cause I, if I didn't see the t-shirt, I'd still be talking like this. I remember people saying to me, Oh, what do you, what do you listen to Q all the time? I says, no, actually I don't. I, 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 I <laughs> take some time to watch videos and watch speeches and watch the whole speech. Not just, not just the blip that you're being presented. I actually watch the whole speech and find out what exactly was being said. And, and, and I think for a lot of conspiracy theorists, we're trying to help save other people. Like, look at this. Is the, they're selling you a, a, a bag of goods that's no good. They're going to sell you up the river. This is a bad idea. Look, look over, just look at option B. Look at what else is out there. Look at, consider this possibility. And, and that to me is, is, a kindness mm. to sit there and say, and so whether it's on the metaphysical plane that I try to work on or, or the, or the educational political or the health health plane, what, what are you eating? What are you putting in your body? What are they telling you is good for you? That's not good for you. Ronaldo, the, the famous soccer player, the Portuguese soccer player just yesterday made news because he sat down to do a, a press conference and it turns out that Coca-Cola is a big sponsor of the world cup. So he sat down to do a conference and there were two Cokes, Coca-Colas in front of him and a bottle of water. He very angrily picked up the Cokes. It was really like one at a time and put them far away from him. Took the other one, put it far. And he picked up the water and said, agua, drink water. (laughs) And Coke plummeted. I mean, people noticed that, that, that two words, drink water. Right. And we know how bad soda is for you. It took a lot to get soda out of the out of the out of the elementary and intermediate schools and high schools. They they had 
they had jail dispensers there. Yeah. And, and, and then we have childhood obesity. And, and why? We know that soda's linked to that. Most obese people drink more diet soda than anything else. So, I mean, so there again, conspiracy theory or scientific fact. Right. That's and, why and, we're. And, and, and just one little phrase can switch a person's mind delivered by the right person. Yeah. That's why we're, we're getting the term back. I think I've done a lot to show people that it's not uh, far fetched to believe in conspiracy theories, but yeah, as you point out, the conspiracy analyst t-shirt I'm wearing is, uh, is much more appropriate of a term. Thanks to Charlie Robinson. People can go and check his uh, t-shirt shop out. That's where I got it. But yeah, very uh, yeah. And, and that whole term comes from, the time when JFK was assassinated, they used this term conspiracy theorist to level, you know, any theory outside of what the Warren Commission or any of the mainstream media was professing to have happened. Anybody who went against that was a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And then that that job. Give, be in that job. Yeah. And that gives people who aren't prone to critical thinking easy avenue to not question something that's very important and they should be questioning. Right. And it was it used to be back in the eighties. I remember there was a, it was a bumper sticker and, and some people had, it was question authority. Mm. And it was such a, such a profound statement. You know, we, we shouldn't be afraid to question authority. Right. In fact, we should absolutely be questioning authority. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm throwing some cards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I haven't, uh, haven't forgotten what I'm doing here. Let's get into it. I'm excited. Oh. You know, it's interesting because I, I read for WICC periodically and reading on the radio is a little different than reading in front of a person because they, they can't see what you're doing. So you can't have a dead air space while you're trying to look at things, you know, with the radio, you have to keep talking. Yeah. Mm. So Okay. I, we edit here. Don't worry. We're not. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's a good thing to know. Yeah. Any well, the, one thing, the one thing that's really exciting to me is this idea of the five of coins reverse, which is actually a, a financial card and a money getting better, things getting much better, mm. actually. But I do think the two of cups reverse, you may be looking at partnerships differently in terms of finance, finan the financial component of, of partnership, how things are divided, how, how things are shared, looking at like equity stakes and how, how, how money is divided up fairly revenue and you know i what did i say last month you can't eat a fucking vision board i mean you know we all have to eat and, and pay our bills so it's it's not a, it's not a bad thing to talk about money sometimes either sponsorship and all and all those things although i will say looking at these cards it isn't your favorite subject you'd much rather prefer, you'd, it looks like you'd much prefer to focus on the educational and and um, social aspect of it Mark, are you thinking of moving? Is there, there's, there's, there's cards here that suggest that in three to six months you might be making a change of location, maybe maybe a change of residence. Are you thinking about moving? Yeah, well, I mean, way sooner than three months. Yeah, I mean, I should, I should be in a new place in July. Nice. It's in front of you, and it looks like it's a good move. Hmm. Um, and, a lot of, and a lot of things, a lot of new things with that, too. Hmm. Things that you've been waiting for, waiting to do, it looks like now they become possible with the change of residence. It, it's suddenly a whole, there's all sorts of, literally things that you've been waiting to experience, waiting to, listen, I, I know I I know, I know young people who are waiting just to be able to put an altar together in, in, their, in their home, you know, just to get out of their parents' home or out from under someone who says, you can't have that, you can't do that here. I'm not suggesting that's your experience or that you're, that's your truth, but this idea of, of nine of wands, like there's new, new opportunities exist pertaining to creativity once you are in a different residence, once you are out of, out of the place you are now. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's bringing like to mind. Door, doors open up, the work. eight of wands has you focusing on, on, on work and career. The, 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 the page of coins, again, ways of making money, new ways of making money. Maybe different than the way people have suggested that you, you know, there's new avenues to income. 
but I'm going to give you a restructure some of what you do is restructure your time and, and more solo. You know, I talked so much about partnership and as, as a lead, but more, more doing things on your own. And there's, and there's a benefit to that. I'm not sure if you're lecturing more on your own or you're, or you're, but God is attached to money. It's absolutely attached to money. It's Would it be it's possibly like, like the monologues I've been doing every day for my podcast? <laughs> it, it, it absolutely could be. Absolutely could be. But the five of cups reverse suggests walking away from something that's not working anymore. Some aspect of how you're doing things, who you're doing them with. Mm. And, and another way that that actually generates more income. And, and, and I hate to make it all about money, but it, it's, the things that go along with money, the, the freedom, the security, the ability to travel, the ability to, to buy new equipment, upgrade, all those things happen when you have more income coming through. You know, I, I, it took me a long time as a Pisces myself, you know, to get over that whole money is icky thing. You know, that money is somehow dirty or inherently. I have a hard time believing a Capricorn moon feels that way. But certainly I, I struggled with the idea of asking for money or charging somebody for my services or my time. But money is energy. Money is the energy that, that keeps the lights on, that, that pays the landlord, that, you know, and you, you have to have, it's, it, it's what, the, it's the energy, it's the current, literally the currency that keeps things flowing. So I'm not schooling you on that, but this idea of, of greater flow, better flow mm. is all over this reading. I have it written down right here. Money is a measurement of exchange value because that's exactly what I was thinking about yesterday and how, you know, is it possible that I have associations that are holding me back? And if so, what thoughts can I now begin to think and reconstruct my associations? And that's one of them is, is just realizing that, yeah, money is just a measurement of exchange value. There's no inherent evil to it just because there are people in the world who use it for evil. Oh, and there's also this, this, especially in the metaphysical, well, you know, we're not supposed to ask for money. You shouldn't be asked. See, I say, <laughs> when I talk about Reiki and, and, and acupuncture and, 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 and readings and intuitive or mediumship, that, 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 that shouldn't charge, a, that shouldn't cost a fortune. I, I, I really do believe that at the same time, time has to be valued. And I think in between charging exorbitant sums and making things affordable for everyone, there's a, there's a balance there. The other important thing is that you love what you do. It's not just how much money you make what you do, but that you love what you do. And the Ace of Cup tells me, yeah, you know, you really do. That you really are in your, in your glory, that you really are enjoying this wholeheartedly. Not everyone, and the justice card would suggest signing contracts. It would, would suggest that going into contract, going under, um, maybe being maybe being signed on by someone else, leaving one aspect of the business for something that's better. Making a leap to a coin's money. Again, the world, money getting better, greater access. I want to say a bigger audience. Now we're going in the world would expand that. Love that. Love expansion. Not quite travel yet, though. I don't see the bigger travel. I think that's coming. But I think once you settle into your new place, there's a, there's some work to be done before you take it on the road, so to speak. You know? Right. Ace of Wands, Queen of Wands. You talking to somebody? You got someone special in your life right now? I do, yeah. Okay, well, I love the Queen of Wands because that's usually a female who is very friendly, who's well-liked, who is respected at work. Sometimes a fire sign, wands are fire. So Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. What sign is she? Do you know her zodiac? Yeah, she's uh, Pisces. She's got, oh, she's going to hate me for not remembering. What, what are the, the, her rising and her moon sign are the same. But yeah, she's a Pisces sun. Nice. Well, Pisces, some of the rising Pisces is, is lovely. I'm a Pisces myself, so it's really, really looking good. It's a nice partnership, Ace of Wands. I mean, it's a creative partnership. Looks like there's some, some growth that's pending. You know, the, the full reverse is there's some hesitancy going into maybe partnership together eventually, not just, not just romantically or emotionally, but also possibly creatively as well. Wands are entrepreneurship. What does she do for a living? 
She is uh, an artist. Nice. Perfect. Queen of Wands. Love, I wish I knew that rising sign and moon sign, I got to tell you. Well, you know what? It's funny. As you mentioned her, she she texted me out of the blue, and uh, or as you brought her up and I mentioned her, and I asked her, and she said she's a Cancer moon and rising sign. Wow, that's a lot of water. That's right. a lot of water. Cancer moon, Cancer rising. That's that's all about motherhood and and nurture and perfect for an artist. The idea of giving you could we give birth to what we create. So amazing, amazing creativity there. Mm. Um, also in some sort of school is she going back to school there's some educational component going on here yeah she's learning some herbalism and getting into foraging a couple different things that she's looking to do but yeah i mean also we're working on a project for the podcast together she's been on the podcast a couple times now so yeah we're we're kind of working on some of that stuff together and it's definitely yeah a creative partnership for sure. And it's kind of moving along really slow and nicely. I really. That's, that's a good thing to do, you know, to, again, just taking it incrementally and, and it's, it's like watching a goat climb a mountain. They, they take each step so carefully, but they make sure when they step it, it's going to be secure. Mm. And, you know, with relationships, that's such a great thing when people have the, the confidence in themselves to not rush it. But to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take my time and really get to know this person and know what they're capable of and, and, and not overstep my bounds. And, and then that's such a, a mature way of looking at things. And that's, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not schooling you that the cards are just suggesting but that's really what's going on here. Making sure that you're on this, but when you're in partnership with somebody else, you got to make sure the other person's comfortable too, you know, and, and in, in youth, we say, well, I'm happy. You must be happy. And as we mature, we say, before I can say I'm happy, let me ask, are you happy? And it's just, it's just flips it a little bit. Yeah. The Wheel of Fortune, moving forward, the High Priestess, tapped into your intuition, Mark. These are great cards. Great cards. I, I can't see any red flags. I don't see anything that makes me believe this is under any circumstance of that you're making any bad moves, any anything that would red flag or make me feel alarmed. There's nothing that would speak to unhealthy thoughts or practices or maybe, hey, have you thought twice about this? There is some some disconnections I think you're going to make because after all, there's only 24 hours in a day. We can only spread ourselves so thin and we can only be so much to so many people. And so you may have to pull back from some in order to give to and, and grow in another direction. That That is here too. Yeah. But I don't see any pain associated with that. Just negotiation. Yeah, yeah, no, and I do feel like the the amount of people I work with that don't pay me is spreading me a little thin. So, yeah, that that definitely can be coached in, and and I can maybe take more considerate action into how I'm valuing my time and services. But in the sense of everything with Tara, I mean, wow, yeah, that's that's right in line with kind of where she and I had been feeling and, and I'm just, I mean, you know, my history, I feel like at this point in my life for the first time, I've kind of let go of expectations and really lived in the now. And the more I do that and the more present her and I are together, it's just, it just feels that's the way it should be, you know? And, and there is a certain amount of, of growth that's going on on my side because of that. Like I, I remember when I was younger, I used to be so anxious about communication. And for this, just out of nowhere, like for this, it's like I could go, you know, a whole day without looking at my phone. It doesn't bother me at all. You know, like it just the, the funny thing is, is when she messages me, I get this strange feeling, you know, but I, I, it's not like a sense of like, Oh, I got to get right back to her, you know, or it's not like this sense of, Oh, I, I got to say the right thing. It just, it just feels natural. I don't want to go too far into it, but yeah. yeah, no, no, but the urgency and that that is part of, of a mature relationship versus a, a very young yeah. you know, relationship. It, it just, it, it comes with growth and, and self-confidence and, and empowerment of self. You know, you said something interesting about Tara. It's Tara, right? 
Yes. And what a great name for someone who is studying foraging and herbology, Terra, which, you know, means, means earth. But the idea of, you said she's learning about herbology. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I was going to talk about this in, in my own video and I didn't get a chance to, but I was, I was really rehearsing it in my mind without sounding a gatekeeper, without sounding judgmental, without sounding like, oh, I'm the expert. I should tell you what to do. There are so many people come to the shop and they present themselves. I'm a baby witch or I'm a novice. I don't know. And, and, I, and, and but they're intuiting everything and they're feeling everything. And I, I just want to say, you know, crack a book. Here's a thought. You know, stop, put down the TikTok for a moment and the Instagram and crack a book by an expert. How about, you know, and, and, and someone who's been in the field, say, I don't know, 20, 30 years. You can kill someone with, or you cannot intuit herbology successfully without the risk of killing someone. You can, you can, you can give the wrong herbs to a pregnant woman and cause her to lose that baby. Someone could have a medical fiance kind of prescription and you can make a tea for them that'll, God knows what it could do, stop their heart. So the idea of actually studying something before you call yourself something, before you call yourself an herbologist, I, I, I give the analogy because someone came in and, and they, I said, what path do you follow? Like, oh, I'm a shaman. Like, oh, that's fantastic. I said, you know, who'd you study with? Like, oh, well, not really anybody. You see, I have always loved the Native American tradition. And, I, and I've always, since I was a little girl, had dreams about being a Native American. And then I did a past life regression. And they told me, you know, you were a shaman. And, you know, I always see signs and animal guides. And, you know, I just know that I am an intuitive shaman. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, that, that's really cool. And what I want to say, but I don't is, you know, I've always been fascinated by electricity. I love to watch storms. I love to watch, you know, lightning strikes. And I, I'm really in a past life. You know, I, I, I actually was with Ben Franklin when he did the thing with the key and the kite, you know, so, and, and I just feel like I, I'm an electrician, you know, so I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an intuitive electrician. I feel the walls. I know where the wires should go. You know, a, a real shaman is doing death work, is crossing into the shadow realm and cutting cords, bringing back parts of soul retrieval. It is dangerous work, breath work, sucking the, the, the sickness out of people. It, it is excruciatingly training is, is, is phenomenally important in that work. And yes, you can feel like a shaman, but feel like a shaman is like being an intuitive mechanic. Would you take your car to someone who says, I've never actually been to any kind of school, but I, I just got to feel the hood of your car. And I think I'll know exactly what's wrong with it and how to fix it. You know, just leave it here for a couple of days. I'm sure it'll be okay. You, you probably wouldn't pay for that. You'd want them to say, yeah, I, I've studied engines for uh, a few years and, you know, I fixed more than a few. So this idea of training and studying and learning something has value. And of course you pay for some of that too. You're not going to get all that for free, nor should you. I have one, I, I mostly shaman, we have some amazing, amazing shaman in Connecticut, women who've traveled all over the world, who, who on 2012 were down in Peru, you know, with indigenous people there. People who have done ayahuasca with, with not just these ayahuasca walk-in 10-minute clinic type ayahuasca, people who are actually with, with Native people who, who know what they're doing. This idea of doing ayahuasca once a month, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for most people. And they're treating it like a, like a walk-in clinic. You know, that, that can't be healthy. It can't, it's not good for your body, for one thing. But also, are you... What are you doing with the experience? What are you doing with who's, who's telling you how to process that? All that shadow stuff that comes up when you do ayahuasca. That should be a trained shaman leading you through it and guiding you through it and then working with you afterwards. So and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but and I'll stop. But I just can't stress enough the importance of, of reading and studying and taking the time to find experts in the field that you're interested in. Picking something, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. If the herbs are calling you, then truly learn the herbs. Yeah. Start taking courses and learn them. 
What's so interesting and and why I'm constantly confirmed when I do it, take part in the now and the fact that she knows what I mean by that and is taking part in the now with me. We went on a hike and she had, like I said, she's been learning about herbalism and I believe she paid for this course that sends her, you know, different herbs in the mail, right? I don't know how true it is that she kind of lost track of it. But when I asked her, you know, oh, what was the tea you had today? She said, oh, I haven't done it in a few days. And then that same day, we're walking through the forest. We come down from our hike and we run into a woman in front of a mountain laurel. And as a matter of fact, to point the mountain laurel out, we were wondering, you know, oh, what? what sort of tree is that when we saw it? And then she's standing in front of the mountain laurel. So I said, Hey, do you know what type of tree this is? And she said, yeah, it's a mountain laurel. And we start speaking and and getting to know each other. And she tells us all about why she's in the forest. And it's because she's foraging and looking for edible uh, mushrooms and, and plants. So yeah, the universe kind of reminded both of us like, Oh, Hey, remember you, you talked about this. Don't give up on it. You know? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's, and those are the synchronicities that tell us that we're on the right path. Right. People ask me that question. They're like, you know, I'll say, you know, you, when you know you're on the right path, things like, you know, you'll be thinking about a song as you're putting on your makeup or brushing your teeth, it pops in your head, and then you go in your car, turn the radio on, and bam, that song is playing. Or you think of a person you haven't talked to them in a few years, they, they suddenly, they're, oh, wow, I just up. And then what do you know, a day later, they call you out of the blue, you know? And they're like, what does that mean? Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, what is that? that Always is, is, is the divine universe telling us, trust your instincts on this. It's just a heads up, like you're on the right track. Or the other aspect of it is our, our gut instincts are really a, our, our self-protective manifestation. Animals use it all the time. They just sense I'm in danger now. They sense this is a bad idea or I'm not safe here. And we have gotten so used to ignoring that, that we've lost sight of, of what it means to self-protect. So women who are raped, we know very often actually know they're rapists. They actually know them and they put themselves in danger even, even when they know they shouldn't have gotten into that car. And they'll say afterwards, I knew I shouldn't have gone to his apartment, I knew I shouldn't have done this, but they didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. You know, they, they, they get into an elevator because they don't want to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait. Thanks. I, I need to go back to my car rather than getting on an elevator with a stranger even. So hopefully when you get that sense of, oh, wait, something's not right here. That's what keeps you from getting in that car. If, if, for 9-11, we know there were so many people who the, that, that day, their alarm clock didn't go off. They missed their bus. And they talked about this. They were supposed to be in those towers on that day and they didn't go in. And other people, I'm sure, missed their bus but caught the next bus. Or maybe their, their, their son or their daughter came and said, hey, could you stay on day and play with me, dad? There was stories of that. They're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to call in sick him. And, and yeah, let's hang out together. And then they weren't there. Other people probably said, we'll do it tomorrow, but I'm going to go to work today. Daddy's got to go to work. Mommy's got to go in. And we have no way of being able to talk to those people who, who died and to say, hey, did you have a feeling you shouldn't have been in work that day? But all of that is to tell us, like, so when something says to you, I shouldn't be on that airplane, all these little synchronicities line up to be, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to eat that airline ticket and not get on that plane today. You know, I'm yeah. not going to go on that on that blind date because that guy who it, it just give me a bad feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That, that doesn't look right to me. I'm going to pass for now. So the idea of listening to and honoring that, which we had, it's a part of our animal instincts. There was a time when we were planting in the fields. You know, we had we planted with seeds from last year, last year's harvest. We couldn't like order new seeds on, on Instagram or on Amazon. Rather, we planted ahead to day to be early enough that it would have time to fruit or flower and produce, but not not too late or not too early, it would rot in the ground to be too wet or too cold or too late that we couldn't get a harvest. We go, and we kind of were tuned into nature that way. Yes. We knew when, when, the, when, the, when the herds were going to come for hunting, when the, 
when the fish were going to swim for to spawn and we knew that was to put our nets out and, and that's when to do these things. And we lost a lot of that with technology. We lost a lot of that idea of, of how we, I don't know, how, how we sync up in, in nature. And now this idea of going back, eating our food that we harvest ourselves, going into the woods, being barefoot, grounding, literally. All of that is being at the beach, being at the ocean. You're not wasting your time spending a half hour, an hour of your day sitting in front of the waves and just meditating. What are you thinking about? Nothing, literally. I'm actually giving my mind a break. Yeah. So, and, and I think that that's the great counterbalance to the technology that we use when we are looking at, we're doing our research. It's, it's there's no doubt that, that Google search is a wonderful thing, you know, <laughs> that YouTube is fantastic for sharing information and that social media is important. It lets us get our, get our message out and get it out fast to a lot of people. So there's, that's the balance. I think that's how we can have our foot in two, in two different worlds, both the natural world and the, and the technological plane. Yeah. And that's something I've been learning about a lot more thanks to a book I found on my journeys this year. Very synchronistic. In fact, Jose Argoles, the time and the technosphere and he's laying it down like, hey, we've got this biosphere, we've got the new sphere, and then we've got this artificial technosphere in the middle. And that is the separation from the whole. And most people get so wrapped up in that technosphere that they lose track of who they are and, and therefore lose track of that higher side of things, the higher self and the higher dimensions of our reality. But without getting too far into that, I, I think... You know, what's so interesting to me about doing these readings here is to, to just bear it all. Like, I'm not uh, afraid to share these personal details with the people listening because I feel like if they hadn't known about this before, maybe by listening to my reading, they can feel more comfortable getting a reading of their own or, or even understanding some of the ins and outs and, of how this actually works. I mean... I'm really, I'm really glad we got to, to get into that. Is there anything more that the cards have to say before we, we move on to other topics? I don't think so. I think it ended with the world card, which, which told me that there's a whole new, whole new, whole new, I don't want to say career because the world card speaks to a lot more than just career. It speaks to relationship. It speaks, it speaks to your, your mental health. It's the world, literally a whole new world ready for a new world, ready for a new consciousness, ready for a new, a new way of being in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that I'm on the precipice of that. I mean, everything. Well, I think a lot of it hinges on that idea of a new, a new place to live. I think a lot of that, it's, it's just always a launching point, you know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of it is hinging on changing where you are. And for, and, and the other thing is with regard to astrology, a type of astrology that I'm studying, I'm not adept enough to really, teach it or practice it i'm still studying but there's the astrology of place and that is that places beyond the, the ley lines and the energy of place they have their own energetic astrological energy and sometimes a place that was good for you as a kid is the wrong place to grow up and do business or sort of family you need to go elsewhere yeah. and the the divine and their wisdom and i'm a creationalist i mean i i, I do pray to deity, not, not the universe per se, but actual deity. I'm a daughter of Kali. But what they'll do is they'll make us uncomfortable. They're not punishing us. They're just trying to get us to get out of our rut. And most of us double down. When we feel we're under attack, we actually double down. We hunker down like, no, I'm not going to move. Oh my God. You know, it, it's just the opposite. They're trying to crowbar you out of that rut, you know, to launch you into something different so you can grow and have new experiences. Yeah. And, you know, so again, the idea of, of, of if it's not working, it, it, when people come in, they say, hey, listen, you know, every job is it's just not right. I, I've, I've gone like four or five relationships in, in like two years. I, I can't seem to catch a break. My car keeps breaking down. I can't stand where I live. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, maybe it's time to move. And if you can't move right now, start making changes. Go to a different grocery store. Take a different way home from work. Shift the energy. Show that you're, you're, you're 
You're receptive to change. And if you can't move now, where do you want to go? Forget money. Forget where would you be living if, if money was no object, if you could just go anywhere you want to go. And just start researching that area. Yeah, do a little Zillow search. How much would it cost to live there? What is there to do there? What is the, you know, what are recreational activities? What are the schools like if you got kids? And when you start looking and researching, that just starts opening up those doors, that, that avenue to say, oh, well, you're serious about that, aren't you now? And if it's possible and it's good for you, it's in your higher good, you can see doors opening up. You know, I always say, too, sometimes no is a blessing. Sometimes the thing that you thought you wanted more than anything in the world, a couple of years later, you're like, wow, kind of glad that didn't happen. Mm. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's I exactly what happened to me at the beginning of the year. I got a hard no, got burnt up. And then here I come, hot air flowing. And I, I meet the, the cool ocean Pisces cancer Terra who... Yeah, what you're bringing to mind is something that her and I were talking about with the the, the area that we're in right now and, and the almost magnetic feeling that we both have for this town. And I think the water, the amount of water here has something to do with it. I mean, Milford, the name Milford implies turning a wheel by the power of water and all of the different rivers and the history of this place, I think, is so interesting and yeah, I mean, that's something her and I, you know, again, I don't, I really, at first I'm like, don't get too personal. But as I'm really talking, I'm like, no, 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 be vulnerable because there's a reason that we're here right now and I have nothing to hide. Right. So part of this for me is like her and I were thinking like, oh, well, where, where would we go? Because everything you're talking about is like what her and I have been talking about, like this creative space that her and I are going to find together. And yeah, part of that is, is going on this kind of like little journey to find that the energy of the place. Cause that's something I've been studying for a while now, the energy, energy of, of the place. land. Yeah. The energy of place and someone who I would love to put you in touch with somehow a good friend of mine who I've visited a couple times, we met on my podcast and then I ended up visiting him where he lives in, in Pennsylvania. And he's really interested in his local area specifically because of the Susquehanna or the Susquehanna river. It's a mighty, mighty river. It goes all the way down to the Chesapeake Bay. And, you know, obviously it connects a lot of really important places, DC being on the, the Chesapeake Bay, but other places along the river going North have this significance in history. And yeah, there's something to water for me, mountains as well but i i'm just excited to use my intuition to find these places because I'm, I'm sure there's still more waiting <laughs> for me to find and, you know and we, talk, and we don't want to demonize technology again i want to be really clear because technology is what gives us the freedom to travel and go and we can do our job wherever we want to i mean so yeah. that that's an amazing powerful wonderful aspect oh yeah of technology and, and, the freedom it's afforded people yeah, it's a reflection of creation, you know, even though it is artificial, it's a, it's a reflection in a way, you know, because the world that we're surrounded by it is, is all code, numbers and zeros, just like the computer program that helps this Zoom call even be possible and the recording of the audio and, and all of the ways that the RSS feed gets to the people on the podcast apps, you know, so yeah, I, I am not you know, a Luddite in any way, I th I'm all about using the matrix to help people awaken from the matrix, you know, like let's beautifully said, perfectly yeah, stated. teaching people how to fly. That's a phrase that Tara and I have been saying a lot lately, because that's what it is. It's like, we, we want people to be able to fly above the matrix, you know, and, and see it for what it is, have overstanding and not be stuck under it. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, thinking about edu the educational components and the things we were told we couldn't do, and then we had COVID. Mm. So hearing that, oh, you know, you got to get a college education in this way. And, you know, oh, you can't do this online and, and go. And then, oh, what do you know? All of a sudden, all these colleges, all these, well, everything's online. And they selfishly, many of them, 
waited till the kids were signed up for their dorms and then two days later announced they would be doing virtual and they lost those dorm fees. They waited just until the dorm fees couldn't be refunded and then say, oh, COVID, no, can't do it. It's not safe. So, but now we can beg to ask the question, why aren't we educating the world? Why isn't the entire world made available of the most brilliant minds? There's no reason for the lack of education. Absolutely. There's no, there's no, and now they really have to answer that. What do you mean? What, what is it? What is it you're we're paying for? What, what is this tuition paying for? Right. What is yeah. the experience? And, and, you know, why, why are these, why are so many young people swimming in debt? And what are they really getting out of it? Where's the value added? Yeah. And then so they're, they're, everyone's asking those hard questions now as well. Well, I'll say, you know, <laughs> I dropped out of college and I educated myself with audio. It started with the Joseph Campbell lectures and I'd always been a, you know, a reader and, and a seeker of spiritual knowledge. But when I found audio learning, Joseph Campbell, and then that eventually led to podcasts, I just, it accelerated the capacity for me to get involved with this because I had all these interests, but because of the you know educational system I was brought up in, uh, reading just didn't appeal to me. I would rather be exploring outside. And with podcasting, that's exactly what I do. I drive around, I explore the real world, and I listen to information that's helping me a, you know, inform myself, but B, inform others and live a, a happier life in the end, because it's a lot of insecurity you're left with, with the traditional ways we get information. The media leaves us with a sense of fear. The programming on television glorifies all these things that are not good for our health. It's just, it, it's so important and vital to be able to unplug and control the type of information you're getting. I mean, education should be all information. I don't think really there should be a difference between entertainment and education. To me, learning is fun. And I think that that's why podcasting are so successful. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, this has been really expansive, Laura. Thank you for letting me bear it all here, folks. Okay. This is what it takes. You know, you want to be crazy. Your family thinks you're crazy. You got to be honest with yourself and make a change and own it. Stick to it. I got to ask you one last question, Laura. Does your family sure. think you're crazy? I am blessed, really blessed to have grown up in a family where I had a great aunt that read tea leaves in Pennsylvania. I, I, my ears perked up when you said Pennsylvania. My family is from Wilkes-Barre and ah, yes. And I come from Irish coal mining people. So anyway, and, and, you know, it was in the family. It was of the family, but we didn't wear it like a badge. It, we didn't, we didn't speak of these things. And many traditional families will say you didn't necessarily talk about this stuff. Although in terms of my, my relative there, people came from all over to get to have tea leaf readings with her. And, you know, and, and in the tradition of the time, they would bring, you'd bring a cake, you'd bring a chicken, you'd bring a bread and sit and, and share and eat and, and then read those leaves in the, in, the, in the cup afterwards. But I grew up in a family where it wasn't seen as being evil or bad. It wasn't seen as being something that was against God. And I just had someone in my shop today who, who had that whole, Mother's very deeply Catholic and everything is evil. And, you know, I, I don't know what to say to that because I, I can't. I, you, if you live under someone's roof, you have to obey their rules. You're, you're, you know, a young person. When you get off on your own, you'll certainly be able to have whatever you want on your walls. Do what, yeah, As I said, you can have an altar in, in your living room, whatever you want to do. But living under someone's roof and means you have to, to some extent, kind of say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be quite a little quieter, at least when, when you're in the room out of respect. It's unfortunate, but that's, that's just the way that works. But I also know grown adult people who, in their own homes, as I know women who can't light a candle in their own house. Their husbands won't allow it. And, I, and it's, it boggles my mind. It's like, wait a minute, you work a full-time job, you help pay for that mortgage, you help, and yet you're being, you know, okay, 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 I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's a lot of people out there being controlled by lots more than the media, you know, and, and or more than public opinion. It's the opinion that, that goes in your own home. 
people turning their kids against people. Your mother's crazy, you know, or, or, you know, your father off on one of his, oh my God, you know, off on one of his rants again or going off and both ways, you know, people are so afraid to get out from that. We have to be, we have to be in this, well, they're right. You know, we have to, on our hamster wheel, doing what everyone else is doing, looking like everyone else is looking, driving what everyone else is driving. And, you know, because this is, this is how we are. And it's, it's, it's getting people out from under that matrix is, is a little more than just, you know, uh, more than one podcast can ever accomplish. You know, we're just one person at a time. It's, yeah. it's a challenge. Beautifully said. And don't worry, this is the first of many. I know I certainly will be inviting you back on because we didn't really even get into how you got into all this stuff, which is a question I love to ask, but everything was so thought provoking that we had better things to talk about this time, but that's all right. We're going to get back to it. Laura, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Mark. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. And the listeners, obviously they can, if they're local to Connecticut, come by your shop, right? Talisman and Cauldron. Please visit, please visit the shop website, talismanandcauldron.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Please. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Show Laura some love. Even if you don't live in the area, we have a lot of listeners in Finland, Laura. So I don't know if you speak. Finland. Finland oh my God. <laughs> well, at this point, I mean, I'm reading all over the world. I've got, I've got, I, I hate to say the word clients. I mean, they're friends, I mean, but, but at this point, I'm up all hours of the night because the time zones of Australia, New Zealand, Israel. But, and I will say is what's, what's fascinating for me is that if I'm wondering like what's going on with the Palestinian, I call my friend Carol who lives on a kibbutz in Israel to say, Hey Carol, what's going on over there? Yeah. You know? Or if I'm wondering about like the Muslim, uh, Swedish, what's going on with, you know, or the COVID, you know, and then Sweden was under a lot. I have friends in Sweden. Cause so what's, is, is it, are y'all dying? The media is saying you're all dying because you're not locked down in Sweden. Like, yeah. no, we're absolutely not all dying, Laura. We're, we're actually quite fine. Thank you. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So I don't even trust about researching anything. I just make a phone call. You yeah. know, my friend Sharon lives in Sweden and say, so they're, they're saying you're all just dropping dead because you're not vaccinating and uh, masked up and stuck in the house. And they're like, she's like, no, we're schools are open. Businesses are open and we're doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the perspective we need. I certainly have found that through my podcast connections and yeah, I'm excited to have you on again, Laura. Let's talk soon. Please have a great night. And, and yeah, listeners, thank you for tuning into the, my family thinks I'm crazy podcast. Have a great moment wherever you are in the now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Remember to support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash MFTIC, the only place to get all of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast bonus content. Not only do you get all the bonus content when you pay over $5, you also get a spirit animal name. Shout out to Andrea Rose. We are about to give you a spirit animal name right now. All right. The cards are shuffled and I will draw the first card and then the second card and we will know Andrea Rose's new spirit animal name. All right. You are the respectful raccoon. You got the sacred space card and the raccoon card. Shout out to you. The respectful raccoon has joined the crew. And you'll get all the bonus content and even a spirit animal name. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to sign up for our telegram. T.me slash my family thinks I'm crazy chat. That's the place where you can join in on the conversation and see the show stream live. We also have video content on Rockfin. Rockfin.com is the place to donate with crypto. But if you want to just show us some love with a one-time donation, hit the website, MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com. You can donate to us there one time. Uh, and that really helps the show keep going and growing and flowing and all of the things that we need to do to stay on task, bringing the number one My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, the only My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast in the whole world. This is the only thing titled my family thinks i'm crazy i'm the guy thank you for listening to the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast and enjoy the moment wherever you are and now